so good to see everybody so close. You know, it's such a vulnerable place. I love Easter. I, I love Easter because Easter proclaims to us that God isn't finished with us yet, that there are second chances, that there, there's fresh beginnings, that there, and that's what Easter's about. It's not just about spring and all the beauty of the spring and the, and the, and the you know, the, what are those things called? Flowers. Flowers. <laughs> but, but Jesus is alive. He's not dead. And he has the power to change our lives. His victory overturns my defeats. I so appreciated the stories that uh, Ryan and Glendy told. I mean, pretty vulnerable stuff. I don't know if anybody wants to be next on that one. I mean, it's like, woo. That was pretty, pretty out there, pretty difficult to, to, to enter into. But yet I think if you, if you listen honestly, it pr- might overlap with some of us here, right, with most of us here, overlap in some way with your own story, maybe at some different level, though. Now, what I want to do is just encourage each one of us to allow God just to speak to us. I mean, you're here. You might as well let him, right? Someone drug you here, and you're like, hey, I'm just checking my box. I'm here to be a good person. But I want to encourage you, let this time together be meaningful to you, because it can be. If you'll just be open, be teachable, be humble. These victories, these defeats, these sins and successes are present in our past, and the unknowns of our future we can place at the foot of the cross and trust that God wants to speak into that. It may sound kind of scary or deep or whatever, but God's intentions towards you is not to harm you. His intentions towards you are good, the Scripture teaches us, to give you a future and a hope. He's not trying to make you into some little religious kind of robot. God made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and He gets you better than you get yourself. But He wants to heal you and help you. I, I love that song, that opening song, the Philip Phillips song. It says, bring your secrets, bring your scars, bring your glory, all you are. Bring your daylight, bring your dark, share your silence, and unpack your heart. I don't know about you, but I hate unpacking. And Tisa does too, my wife. She hates it too. And so what happens is we'll go on a trip, and we'll come back home, and I'll lug the two big suitcases up to the top of the landing, and then they'll just sit there for about two weeks. And we'll live out of these suitcases. We'll open them up. There's the dirty clothes. There's the clean clothes. There's the towels I stole from the hotel. No, I'm joking. I just, you know, little moisturizers and things. But, And then we will literally just pull clothes out, wear them, we'll stumble over the suitcases, and after about two weeks, I I don't know why it is, we're lazy, I know, we want to still be on vacation, it's probably what it really is, but I like using the little shampoos too, because they smell better than mine, so it's just like we're living there, finally, I'll get mad and I'll say, Tisa, why haven't you unpacked, and she'll look at me and she'll say, well, why haven't you unpacked, and we'll go, all right, let's unpack, and we'll unpack, we'll put all the stuff away, And then we'll look at each other and say, why did we do that? Why did we let it sit there so long? There's 
a little lesson in there, I think, because I think part of our lives we do that. We don't like to unpack. We don't like to unpack, especially when it comes to our heart. So we let things sit there and fester, and we cover them up, and we, we hope they'll go away. And yet we wonder, why didn't I just say I'm sorry? You ever wondered that? Why, why didn't I just do it sooner? Why didn't I get rid of that addiction sooner? Why didn't I make that change sooner? Why did we just let it sit there? God wants to help us to unpack our hearts. Jesus said it this way in Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel. Jesus said this about unpacking our heart. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Another word for that is stress. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God's invitation to every single one of us is to experience his rest. He said, for everyone who's overburdened, for everyone who feels stressed out, for each and every person who feels the weight of sin or shame or guilt, Find rest for your soul. Rest for those who are the top performers, who need to always be the top performer, and you always have to outdo your next thing. God says, find rest for your soul. Just learn of me, and I'll give you rest. Learning implies teachability, doesn't it? Learning means humility. That if we want to learn of Jesus, it means we've got to come to him humbly. And we've got to learn from him. And he said he'll take the heavy burden off of our lives and he'll replace it with one that's doable, one that's light. And he'll give us a life filled with the Holy Spirit so we no longer have to live just in our own power, by our own self-discipline, our own will. He'll give us something more than that. He'll give us his very spirit to indwell us and empower us. It's real. See, without Easter, we have no power. We have no real hope. The whole reason Jesus Christ came to this earth in the first place was to save us, to release us from the debt of sin, and to overcome the grave and death. The Scripture teaches us that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's pretty congruent with my life experience, with myself and with others, is that none of us have lived up fully to God's perfect standard and to who He is. And yet, the Scripture also teaches us that the wages of sin is death. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. There's a separation from us and God because we're spiritual beings. And when we sin and when we rebel against God in our attitudes and lifestyles and behaviors and at, then there's a separation that happens. And that separation can go on after you die into all eternity. Yet, because of God's great love for you and for me, because of his love, he wasn't content with that. So he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life and to die the death on the cross that was due me. 
and it was your death to die. But Jesus, he paid that penalty, and he came out of God's great love. And when, when we look at Jesus on the cross, and he bled and he died, it was as if God was saying, I love you this much. Don't ever doubt God's love for you. He showed it at the cross, but it didn't end there. Jesus also conquered death by rising again three days later. And that's the day we're celebrating today, Easter. That, that day that reminds us that, that it wasn't just that he paid for my debt. It wasn't just that he bridged the way where now I could have a relationship with God. It was that he brings a whole new power into our lives, a power to live, a power to, be, to, be, to live with healthy souls and spirits that are alive and that we can know, that we know that we're going to live forever with him in heaven. You can know that. The Apostle Peter said it this way. He said, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we are born again. Why? Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. His resurrection releases a new power into our life. The Apostle Paul had a story to tell. You'll remember he was well-educated. He came from a good family. He was a super hard worker. He was successful in his day. And the Apostle Paul hated Christians. He was self-reliant. He was kind of the hero of his own story until the resurrected Jesus apprehended him for a higher purpose, a purpose higher than just serving himself. Listen to Paul tell some of his story from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, starting in verse 7, out of the message translation. Here's what it says. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get this robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally and experience the power of his resurrection, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get, on, get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted, I wanted to do that. That's a pretty vulnerable story. Paul is unpacking his heart. He's saying, that I used to live according to my own efforts. I just lived like everybody else in his particular world at that day, just trying to get ahead, be educated, kind of earn his own keep, be a good person. And he, he said, I, I, I finally realized that all of that wouldn't get me to where I really wanted to go and whatever, where I needed to go in my life. It was, all, it was all rubbish. I gave it all up. I gave the inferior stuff up so that I could know Christ personally and experience his resurrection power. May I ask you a vulnerable question? 
Do you know Christ personally? Do you know him? Do you, have an, do you have an encounter with him and do you have an experience with him and do you know him and is that relationship growing intimate? A lot of people know about God, kind of see him as this cosmic power, this, yeah, I kind of believe in a higher power kind of a thing. But let me tell you that a general higher power, a cosmic force will not save you. Only Jesus Christ, God's son, can save you. And God sent his son to love us. Fill us with his power. For me, that happened sitting around a kitchen table with a friend who told me. Told me about what God had done in her life. Told me about the fact that Jesus was still alive. That, that kind of rocked my world. I always looked at Jesus as this Gandhi-type teacher, maybe prophet that lived a long time ago, lived a good life, died on a cross. And that's kind of where it ended for me. But in talking to my friend, she explained to me that Jesus was still alive, still making differences in people's lives, still transforming people, and she was a living example of that. And it was there around her kitchen table that I invited Jesus Christ into my life because I wanted a relationship. I I was tired of the dead, organized religion that I grew up with. I needed something real if I was going to be all in. I realized that God was there. He wanted to have that real relationship. He was a God that I could be honest with. He would listen to my prayer. He would hear my heart. And I could know that I know that I know that when I died, I would live with him forever. Do you know Jesus as your creator and as your God? He wants you to. He's not interested in you just uh, taking on a religion. He wants a relationship with you. And he extends that to you this morning, this Easter. Have you experienced the power of the resurrection? It's that power that breaks sin. It's that power that breaks addiction. It's that power that helps us unpack the baggage of our hearts, the guilt and the shame. The Apostle Paul, uh, let me just finish with his story in Philippians 3, says, I'm not saying I've I've got it all together, that I have it made. But I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running. I'm not turning back. How about you? Can you see that God is reaching out to you today? It's no mistake that you're here today. God is speaking to you. God is reaching out to you today, and you can reach back out for him. Paul said, I quit trying to be good enough for God to accept me. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together. I still have issues. I still have things from my past I'm dealing with, still have things in the present, still wondering about my future. He said, but one thing I know, I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm reaching forward to that high call that is in Christ Jesus. No turning back. Maybe you can relate to that. You can relate to the Apostle Paul and his story. You see yourself, you know, hey, I I work hard. 
I've got a good education. I make decent money. I'm a good person. And if you're not careful, it's easy to start to depend on those things to be the things that will justify you before God one day. They won't. Or maybe like Ryan, you're pretty cynical, especially towards Christianity. You've been a prisoner in that cynicism. It's held you back. Truthfully, it's gotten in the way. And you're held in your pride or in your arrogance, in your anger or your greed or your lust. And today, God wants to set you free from some of that. Where you, instead of being one foot in and one foot out and thinking it's good enough just to, just to generally believe, but I'm going to live by my own rules and for my own goals, God says there's something that you'll never experience his power that way. You'll just live off of human fumes that way, okay? But God wants you to put both feet in, and you can do that today. We're like Glendy. We have a past. We all do. We have things that we're not proud of, things we wish never happened to us. Some of you have been victims of abuse or victims of, of something in your life, and it wasn't your fault. But there's a mark that happens in our heart that still needs the touch of God. We've all blown. God wants to pour his grace into you. He wants you to experience healthy relationships and a release that weight of shame and guilt gets in the way of living a full life. And that can start for you right here, right now, this morning. You'll just allow Christ, God's one and only Son, to just have access to every part of who you are. You just say, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my heart. I need I need you. I need you. It's that humble dependence. Lord, I need your healing. I need your forgiveness. I need that relationship. I need that power. Let's give him our hearts this morning. Would you sing this song with me? Just surrendering your heart to him in this moment.